0: Welcome everyone to the SCORE Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone. We're doing something a little different today. All the focus is on NFL training camps. We've been talking about that plenty. We're going to touch on some of that news. There's a couple news items I want to discuss, but there's another story in the football world that I think needs our attention to, and that's the college football season, or perhaps lack thereof, because we might not have one this year. Some conferences already canceled their seasons. Some are trying to figure it out still, maybe look towards a spring season potentially that has a whole slew of issues on its own when it comes to NFL prospects. So I wanted to bring on somebody who today could talk to us about not just the college season, but about some of these NFL prospects, what it could mean for them. The guys are going to come out in 2021 and beyond that as well. So to do that. We need to find a Devi expert, somebody who is really well versed in these college prospects. And if you don't know what Devi leagues are, don't worry. We're going to get him to give a, a full explanation of it. But in Devi leagues, you're not just looking at this year's prospects, you're looking way down the line as well. So we're bringing in Ray GQ, one of the best in the Devi game. He's going to talk to us about these top prospects in college and what we can expect with the possibility, and maybe it's more than a possibility at this point, of a fully lost college season. All that stuff, we're going to go over it. Before we get him in here, though, got to give you the reminder to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast platform you use. And if the option's there and you like what you're hearing, give us a rating, give us a review. The show's been growing like crazy this year. I think the, the first place finish in the accuracy contest helped with that, but it's really exciting to see. And the more positive buzz we're getting, the more people we can get out to maybe at some point we can get this up to four or five shows a week even that'd be really really exciting so the same could be said for a bunch of the other shows in the score podcast network and i recommend checking them out like expand the zone and pound the rock and sweeper keeper and puck pursuit there's a bunch of them go give them a listen all right let's get ray in here like i said off the top He's Ray GQ, Ray Garvin. You can find him on Twitter, at Ray GQ, and that's Q-U-E at the end. He was one of the recent hires at FTN, Fade the Noise, this year. He's the creator of Destination Devi, and I've only talked to him before today. We only spoke on Twitter, but he seems like a fantastic guy, and briefly we were chatting before the show. Seems like just an awesome dude, so I'm really happy he's joining us today. Ray, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for being here.
1: Man, thank you for having me on. When you uh, sent me the Twitter DM asking what I like to be on, I'm like, Justin, dude, tell me the day and time. And I'm there, man. There's there's no doubt in my mind that I'll be there to do this show with you. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm excited. And what a time. What a time in football, high school, college, NFL. It's, it's wild, man. So this should be a, a fun, entertaining, and actionable show for your listeners.
0: Absolutely. I love to hear that excitement. And there's a bunch of stuff I want to talk about, a bunch of different topics, but we'll start off with the news here. And there's only two things really. There hasn't been that much news. I mean, Tyreek Hill got banged up. Devontae Adams got banged up. We don't really know if those are serious. They don't seem that serious so far, but there is one injury that's kind of strange. And maybe it's just because the team's being so vague about it, but it's Miles Sanders getting hurt. Now they came out and said he's week to week with a lower body injury. They didn't get more specific than that. And week to week already, this isn't day to day. We're not going to expect him back in a couple days here. So we don't have a lot of details. We have Tim McManus at ESPN reporting that Sanders is going to be ready for week one. He said he had a source that said that, but without knowing what the injury is, it's pretty hard for us to be confident that he's going to be out there in week one at this point. I don't think it should affect his draft stock, but I want to know, Ray, are you concerned at all about this vague injury that Sanders has? And also... Boston Scott's banged up too. He's just day to day now. So presumably if Sanders isn't ready to go week one, we would have Boston Scott in there. But if we want to look deeper, I mean, if Boston Scott's already banged up and Sanders, should we start looking in in deeper dynasty leagues, especially at guys like Corey Clement or or the rookie Michael Warren? Just how do you feel about this situation?
1: Yeah. So my notes on this, all I put was UGH, just Ugh, that's that's exactly how I feel about this situation. It's just ugh because normally with these injuries, what you want to hear is okay, they're day to day, they'll be back at practice next week. We're just going to rest them, but they immediately came out and said week to week, and we're just forecasting that oh he'll he should be okay by week one. I'm I'm a little concerned. I, I'm a little concerned. You know, everything about this training camp, everything about leading up to this point, Justin, is it's different, right? They didn't have their OTAs. They didn't have these summertime kind of workouts. So we're seeing all kinds of stuff pop up right now. And the fact, again, that they came out immediately and said week to week, that's concerning. And I, I agree with you. I don't think it should affect his ADP that much because we don't know what it is we, we don't know how serious or, or not that it is but it's definitely a little concerning is especially how much you know hype has been put on miles sanders and his production this upcoming season it stinks that boston scott is also banged up he's one of those kind of sleeper running backs that i think could provide some weekly flex appeal he's banged up uh when you're asking looking deeper down the roster Corey clement michael warren Ah, man. I, it's not I that ge- exciting. <laughs> no, I, I guess if you're the Miles Sander owner, you, you you take one. And I couldn't even tell you which one I'd want. Probably Clement. Warren is, it's just, it's not a good situation. I really wouldn't want either of those guys. I think Sanders will be fine, you know, hopefully. But it is a little concerning right now, this early.
0: I know there's some people out there who when there are injuries to guys in the preseason or the off season, if they're entering the year a little banged up, they just won't draft them. They take them right off their draft board. There's some people in fantasy that draft like that. And it might not be a bad idea because we often see these guys who are hurt at this point in the year. Maybe they rush back. Maybe they get some sort of cascade injury because they're compensating for that initial injury. Like there's a lot of things that could pop up from there. So it's a little worrisome. We're going to keep an eye out. Uh, Sanders just set up for a, a monster season, though, if he's out there. So hopefully he can be there week one and beyond for us. Uh, the second thing here Vikings, they decided that with Dalvin Cook, they were going to cut off contract talks. It wasn't really one side or the other, I don't think. It was just they came to an agreement. They're going to cut them off right now. It seemed like there was some optimism here initially. I mean, negotiations seemed to be going well. I thought we we're going to end up with a deal before the season. But now they're not even talking, at least for the time being. So it could be a negotiation tactic. Who knows? Does this make you a little more worried about Cook's fantasy value at all? I mean, even if he doesn't hold out, could we see him maybe, you know, pull an A.J. Green like last year? Maybe he has a a smaller injury and he decides to sit out a little longer because he knows he's aiming for next season and trying to get that big payday if the Vikings aren't going to give it to him. And also what impact is this going to have on Alexander Madison's value? Who's he's already risen draft boards. You know, you probably got to step up to get him in the eighth, ninth round at this point. And really you could even, if you want to take more of a, you know, a dynasty look at it, you look ahead to next season. If cook isn't in Minnesota, it makes Madison really intriguing for 2021.
1: Oh yeah, man. And and you hit on a couple of key points, right? So, Dalvin Cook wants that deal. Dalvin Cook wants his contract. So one or two things are going to happen. Either he is just going to go all out and completely smash and be like, pay me. I want to be the top, you know, the highest paid running back or one of the highest paid running backs in the NFL or any little sign of stress or strain on the body he's going to shut it down. I would venture on the side that players play. He's going to go out there and smash regardless and force Minnesota's hand to either pay him or somebody else is going to pay him. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where you you, you just have to you take it in consideration. I don't think this is this should affect his ADP in any way shape or form. I think it would if anything it should motivate a Dalvin Cook owner to grab an Alexander Madison, whether that's in seasonal leagues or in dynasty, because Madison did show uh, explosiveness when he was on the field. And when you go back to his collegiate profile, back-to-back thousand-yard seasons at Boise State, he caught over 25 passes in his final two seasons. You know, I know at the combine, he did not perform as some upper percentile explosive athlete, but when he was on the field with Minnesota and receiving touches, he looked good. And at 5'11", over 215 pounds, I think he could potentially be a guy in the backfield. You know, I, I don't know, you know, looking at the, the the upcoming running backs in the 2021 class, I, I don't know if Minnesota would want to pull that trigger to grab one of the top rated guys. So I definitely think outside of Kareem Hunt, I can't think of a more valuable backup running back in the NFL I know you know Tony Pollard may be in that category but outside of Kareem Hunt Alexander Madison has to be one of the the higher rated uh handcuffs in fantasy football period
0: yeah he's right up there I just did my my handcuff rankings actually this week and and yeah he's right up at the top and Kareem Hunt I put him in there as number one but he doesn't even really count he's, he's right. better than a handcuff right like <laughs> yes. he goes he's a whole whole tier of his own there
1: right right exactly he, he's not a handcuff he's He should be listed as RB1B to Nick Chubb's 1A.
0: And I I wonder, too, if after seeing what Melvin Gordon went through, what Le'Veon Bell went through with those kind of holdouts, and even though the CBA doesn't really allow these guys to hold out at this point, if you have a guy like Cook want to go out there and prove himself this year in order to try to get another team to spend up big and and give him the big contract. So, yeah, I've been taking the discount with him. Everywhere I can get it, going back to when, you know, he initially kind of threatened to hold out earlier in the offseason and he fell a little further down the first round. And now you still see him go mid-first round, sometimes a little later depending, you know, where those wide receivers end up going there. So I'm happy to grab Cook and I definitely want Madison deeper there because that that kind of forward thinking with Madison when you're talking about dynasty leagues especially, that's what it takes to be successful in those kind of leagues. Now, Devy you got to go even deeper, right? And I think some of the listeners are familiar with Debbie and how it works. I briefly talked about it on the show before, but as an expert in this area, and that's why we brought you in, <laughs> can you give listeners like just a crash course here in Devi formats and how you got into them too? Because I always find that interesting. Okay.
1: So the the easiest way to explain Devi it's a developmental kind of taxi squad for your dynasty rosters. So Uh, When you when you have your dynasty startup you draft your NFL guys you get your core roster together and then you normally have you can combine them but you normally have a separate Debbie draft maybe three four rounds where you draft your favorite college prospects that you think are going to be studs at the next level they chill on your taxi squad when they finally get drafted they move over to your team very very simple concept if you if you if you watch college football if you're a fan of college football if you're a fan of rookies it just just gives you another layer of of dynasty, another layer of fantasy football. You have other assets that you can trade. Now, when you're trying to trade for Christian McCaffrey, you can include a Trevor Lawrence and an Alexander Madison in the deal to try to get CMC. So it's just another layer of, of dynasty, another layer of fantasy. And what I tell people, Justin, is dynasty is a game of chess, not checkers. The more that you know about the upcoming prospects in the 2021 the 2022, the 2023 class, the better you're able to position yourself throughout your season, you know, to strategically position your team for sh- short and long-term success. And that's what I tell people, give it a shot. It's really not, it is not anything overbearing. It's not uh, something that you have to study hard for. You just gotta, you know, follow the people who who do this kind of DEVI work. There are tons of good DEVI resources out there, but that's all it is. It's just a developmental pool. They chill in your taxi squad until they're drafted. Once they're drafted, boom, you already have Jamar Chase on your fantasy, on your dynasty team.
0: Well, and I like what you said there about, you know, knowing what's coming in dynasty leagues, even, and how much that can help, right? Because when I put out my trade value chart for, for dynasty, a lot of people ask me, well, you know, what are, what's a first round pick worth? What's a second round pick work worth? And I think every year it depends. You need to really look at who's going to be available in those seasons and have a better idea. There's going to be some years where it's not as exciting, or maybe it's really top-heavy. There's going to be other years, and you know maybe we'll see next year something like this happen where if we don't get a college season, and we'll talk about this in a second, maybe we're going to have more guys go into the draft next year and just try to get out there. Who knows what's going to happen, right? So it can really impact those values down the road and can change what those draft picks are going to be worth. So I think it's important to keep your eye on. And when we're talking about this college season, I mean, it's just... It's in limbo at this point, right? From my perspective, it's really looking like it's unlikely to happen this year. And if we don't get some of these teams playing, you know, it might be really impactful on these prospects coming out. And if we do get some teams trying to make it happen and play, it might be a lot different than what we're used to. Potentially, if it's in the spring, like I mentioned earlier... That could be super problematic for NFL prospects. So how do you see this all playing out with the college season this year? And are we going to get any form of college ball?
1: Oh, man, this is the million-dollar question that has ramifications beyond what we're even going to discuss today. Uh, <laughs> Justin, I've been telling people for months, for months I've been telling people that I did not believe that the top prospects in this upcoming, for this upcoming 2021 NFL draft I did not believe that they would play and I've been partly right and partly wrong. Some of the top prospects, we've already seen them on both sides of the ball opt out of this college football season. Let me, let me just tell you this. Like I I was a former uh, college football player. uh, So I I know sort of the, the structure and the environment that these athletes are in and these players are creatures of habit and everything about what they've done, their entire lives has been flipped upside down. No spring ball. There were no voluntary workouts in the summer. No involuntary workouts. Everything has changed. So, if you're a top, a, a top two round pick, a top fifty, a top sixty four player, why would you risk this season when you're ultimately going to be drafted around the same spot anyway? Put yourself at risk for your former, for your future employer. I, I just think that. We will see more of these college players opt out. Are we going to have a college season? Yes, we are. Because the SEC, COVID or no COVID, Nick Saban and Alabama and LSU, they were playing. They, let me just, they were, if they had to just play, eat one another, the SEC, they were going to play. Uh, we've already seen that the Big Ten, they have opted out of all fall sports. The Pac 12 have, have followed suit. And we still have three of the Power Five conferences that are going to attempt to play a college football season. What I, what I keep saying is we will start, I have no clue how the season will end. I currently work at a university right now and I'll just let you know that there are there are serious concerns about, you know, what's going to happen when all of these students come back uh, come back to campus and because of this, it 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 will definitely affect what's going to happen in the upcoming uh, NFL draft as far as the top-rated prospects and it's also going to give some of those backup players an opportunity to shine. In, in spots that they maybe wouldn't have had their, you know, the starting wide receiver not opted out. So I think, I, I think this is going to play out in a good way for us in Dynasty. I, I really feel like this is going to be a good thing. It's going to provide some additional depth on the back end of our rookie drafts. The top players are top players, Justin. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, he doesn't have to take another snap, and he's going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Uh, Jamar Chase doesn't have to catch another pass, and he's going to be one of the top wide receivers drafted next year. So it, it really does not affect these guys. It's the players that are sort of that tier below them that really, really uh, sort of affects moving forward.
0: Is there anybody in particular that you can think of like that? Because like you said, they're not all Trevor Lawrence, right? Like some of these guys really needed this 2020 campaign in order to prove themselves. And if you want to look at examples in the past, like just go back to Joe Burrow or or Kyler, you know, even Baker, these guys have this one big season and it pushes them right up to the top of the NFL draft where, you know, the year before no one necessarily expected them to be there. Is there anybody that you can think of uh, specifically who, you know, is really going to be affected by this?
1: Oh, 100%. And and when you're looking at the conferences who have already said they're not going to play, one of the hot names, Journey Brown, the running back out of Penn State. A lot of people are big Journey Brown fans. He came on late last season. He needed this season. He, he needed to play this year to really validate what we saw towards the back half of last season where he looked fantastic. He's got a good high school profile. He's famously one of those players. He rushed for, I believe it was 700 yards and 10 touchdowns in one single high school game, which is. Just mind blowing to think about Uh, Jamie Newman, the quarterback for that transferred from Wake Forest to Georgia. He needs this season to play out. Jamie Newman is one of those fringe first round picks. He needs to play this season. Kyle Trask, another one of those quarterbacks out of the University of Florida fringe day two, day three guy. He needs to play. Max Borgie, the running back from Washington State, caught a lot of passes. He's been comp to Christian McCaffrey. Let me just tell you, he is not Christian McCaffrey. He's been comp to Christian McCaffrey, but he needed this season to sort of validate and show that, yes, I am one of the top-rated players in this class, but he's not going to get that chance to play. So there are, and, and that's just on the offensive side of the ball. It's, it's really unfortunate that this is playing out this year. Because you make a great point, Justin, that the three hottest names that we're talking about in fantasy and dynasty and seasonal leagues, Clyde Edwards-Elair, Justin Jefferson, and Joe Burrow, all three of those players really just exploded last season. Had Joe Burrow not had his senior season, if Justin Jefferson did not have last season, Clyde Edwards-Elair is being drafted as a top three dynasty running back. If he didn't have last season, we don't even know who he is. So it's really unfortunate for those kind of fringe level players. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I know the SEC is still going to play, but Jamie Newman needs every single snap that he can get at the University of Georgia this year. Uh, Journey Brown as well to Marion Terry from Florida State. There, the list goes
0: on and on and on feel like it's going to lead to a lot of chaos in the NFL draft next year and in dynasty drafts like we're talking about. But I wonder if it's just going to make the rich even richer when you're talking about the well-run franchises that, you know, the Ravens, the the Patriots, these teams are going to figure out ways to scout these players. They're going to figure out who's talented, who isn't. And some of the organizations that aren't as well-run might struggle quite a bit to figure things out with, you know, so much to adapt to in a year like this.
1: 100 percent because there are some players who will be drafted early that we really haven't even seen play since 2018 so you are going to have to they're going to have to rely on their scouting departments on incomplete analytics it's this is crazy this is unprecedented in times that we're in and we may never in our fantasy lifetimes we may never see a situation like this but it provides value. Those that pay attention, those that kind of know they are one step ahead, you will be able to take advantage on some of maybe some of this fallen value in our rookie drafts next year.
0: Well, rookie mock drafts are going to be very difficult. Mock NFL drafts are going to be really difficult <laughs> for next year, but I still want to finish off today by seeing how you view who, some of these top prospects. Who are your some, some of your favorite guys out there? And listeners know for me, I'm all NFL all the time throughout the fall, so I don't really dive into the college prospects until January, like when the main fantasy season is over so we are relying on your expertise for this section that's what i'm trying to say (laughs) here and this is a very early look at these prospects normally i wait in the show we don't really go over them until january but because we had you on i wanted to take an early look and because we might not have much of a college season here i think it's important to get a head start on this stuff so you don't have to just focus on on 2021 guys uh, if there's some you know big Debbie names out there, guys we might see in, in 2022, 2023, um, and we can start with quarterbacks. We can go position by position. Mention Trevor Lawrence already. I feel like everybody knows him. Uh, who are some of the other top prospects out there at quarterback who we could see make a splash in the NFL in the next couple of years?
1: All right. Yeah, we'll leave Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields out of the conversation. We all kind of know who those players are. But one of the biggest risers since the end of football season has been North Dakota State's uh, rising uh, junior quarterback Trey Lance. He is just uh, rising redshirt sophomore, excuse me, Trey Lance. He has been uh, a fast riser. He is so talented, Justin. I don't know if you've had a chance to check out any highlights or any game film of Trey Lance, but you know he won the FCS, so it's Division One AA. Uh, national championship. He was the player of the year, the equivalent of the Heisman Trophy winner in the FCS league. Uh, he, fantastic, six foot three, over 220 pounds, dual threat, but he is a, a pass first quarterback that has an outstanding ability to run the ball and gain yards with his feet. That Konami code quarterback in fantasy. We want the guy that can throw for a lot of yards and also give us something on the ground. That is Trey Lance. Last season, 2,700 passing yards, 28 TDs, zero interceptions, 1,100 rushing yards, 14 TDs. And I don't care at what level of competition that you're playing, whether that's Madden, high school, uh, FCS, or Power 5, to throw 28 touchdowns and no interceptions, that's ridiculous. Uh, the kid has every everything that you can think of that you would want as a quarterback. He's got that in his repertoire, and we're already seeing him mocked top 10 in early nfl mock drafts so trey lance is a is a big time prospect that we will have and we will see and we'll be talking about for years to come in fantasy football a couple of other quarterbacks uh, from the 2022 class. You've got Sam Howell, the gunslinger out of North Carolina. They've got a tremendous group of wide receivers over there. Sam Howell's a fantastic-looking young quarterback, as well as Keaton Slovis. The uh, he's going to be a sophomore this season from the University of Southern California. What he was able to do coming in as the third-string quarterback last year was absolutely outstanding Keaton Slovis and you know USC does have a pretty good track record of of at least having quarterbacks drafted high but Slovis uh, he set a freshman record with 3,500 passing yards 30 TDs and only nine picks NCAA freshman record with a 72 percent completion percentage, which is ridiculous. Completing 72 percent of your passes as a as a freshman in a Power Five conference. Keaton Slovis, Sam Howell, and let me tell you, an underrated guy, Brock Purdy, quarterback from Iowa State. Brock Purdy is is wild. He is the definition of a gunslinger. But if you just want to see what this kid is about in his makeup, watch the Iowa State versus Oklahoma game from last year. Brock Purdy is tremendous arm talent, a fearless thrower of the football, and he's very, very mobile. So uh, Trey Lance, Sam Howell, Keaton Slovis, Brock Purdy, some of the prospects that will be quarterbacks at the next level, and they'll be on our fantasy rosters here shortly.
0: I love this. I love this. I'm taking mental notes on all these players. <laughs> if you're out there listening, you better be writing these names down. This is great stuff. <laughs> Quarterbacks seem to get all the the hype coming out, right? And they tend to be the ones that are picked in the top 10 and the top five or first overall. Running backs, they've been devalued in real life. But in fantasy, they're still as important as ever. And you, all you got to do is look at you know Jonathan Taylor and, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and how excited everybody is about their prospects this year who are some guys here who maybe could eventually become bell cow backs in the pros? You know, who do you see as some of the, the top running backs out there the same, you know, who are, who's in the college system right now. Who's going to be the next Saquon Barkley or, or Jonathan Taylor.
1: So unfortunately, unfortunately, I do not see any of those type of prospects in the pipeline, and I mean, and I've I've got guys ranked all the way out to 2024, so right now, I do not see anybody at that caliber, no Jonathan Taylors, no Saquon Barkleys, but there are some still some very, very talented running backs, Najee Harris, the rising senior from the University of Alabama. He is my number one ranked running back in Debbie of all of the classes from 2021 to 2024. At 6'2, 230. To be as big as he is and have the the footwork and the movement skills, his ability to catch the ball on the backfield, it's really impressive to just watch Najee Harris play. Again, 6'2, 230. He is, and I do not do this often. I'm not big on the comping players, and every player doesn't need a comp. And sometimes I just don't have a comp for a player, and I say, I don't really know. But Najee Harris is the second coming of Steven Jackson. That's how he plays. That's who he reminds me of. And every time I tweet out that comp, people are like, yes, that is it. Najee Harris is a mixture of Steven Jackson and Matt Forte. He's a fantastic, fantastic do-it-all running back. He He does not have the elite speed of a Chuba Hubbard or a Travis Etienne, but he does everything well. Run between the tackles, explosiveness, his ability to catch the ball in the backfield. The only thing he's lacking is elite speed, which there is no indicator of 40-yard dash time and fantasy points scored. So let's just get that out of the way now. But what's interesting about these running backs is... It's sort of pick your flavor. Do you want the bruiser running back like Najee Harris or do you want the speedsters? And if you want speed, Justin, you don't it doesn't get any faster than Chuba Hubbard and Travis Etienne. Chuba Hubbard, running back from Oklahoma State, led the NCAA in rushing last year, two time national champion in the hundred meter dash in Canada, six one two oh seven. He just he's a blazer. He hits the open field, one cut runner, get downfield. You want to see him in a zone blocking scheme. And Travis Etienne, and I do not say this lightly, I have not seen a player with the zero to sixty of Travis Etienne since Chris Johnson. I'm not comping him to Chris Johnson. I think Travis Etienne is more like a healthy Matt Breida. But from the time he gets the ball in his hands to reach top end speed, it—if you watch any Clemson game, every time he gets the ball, you think, "Oh my gosh, he's about to score. He's that." fast. He's that fast. And then you've got players like a Kenneth Gainwell. And let me tell you something. Everybody is flipping out over Antonio Gibson right now. Antonio Gibson, Antonio Gibson. He's the new Washington football team's running back. we got to get Antonio Gibson. This player, Kenneth Gainwell, is the reason why Antonio Gibson only had 30 plus carries last season for Memphis because this kid was racking up almost, I think he had over 2,000 total yards rushing and receiving. He is a, he's James White, plus Kenneth Gainwell out of Memphis. You've got Journey Brown and Eric Gray and Keontae Ingram from Texas, CJ Verdell from Oregon. The, the pipeline is good, not great. Uh, the 2020 crop of running backs, I hope you got a guy in 2020 because I do believe that class is probably the, the best running back class we'll see here in the next couple of years.
0: Well, I want to reiterate something you said earlier, like how much knowing this stuff can help you in fantasy just like you said with the antonio gibson thing right there right by having this knowledge of the players coming out what's happening in the college game it can help you make decisions in your actual redraft leagues this year in dynasty leagues this year all of that stuff it all factors in so you're expanding your knowledge and and that's why we had ray on today it seems like and you're saying the the running back class last year was was so good and maybe the ones coming up aren't going to be as great Seems like we're going to have another pretty talented wide receiver class, at least at the top of the draft next year. Who do you have some of the the top young guys coming out who are going to reach the league in, in 2021 or in the next couple of seasons?
1: Oh, baby, you should see my face right now. I am cheesing. I am smiling (laughs) because the wide receiver group that we have coming in 2021 is better than the class that we just saw. This class- is that is bold. That is is bold. Hey, call it bold, call it spicy, call it hot. I call it reality. The wide receivers coming in 2021 are legit. And right at the top of it, I've got a guy sitting at number one that has not really played since 2018. And I'm talking about the dynamic wide receiver from the University of Purdue, Rondell Moore. Uh, We don't don't have enough time to go through his accolades because it's just that long. (laughs) What he was able to do as a 18-year-old true freshman, as an old. 18 year old true freshman, over 110 receptions, 1,200 yards, returning kicks, returning punts, running the ball out of the backfield. He won the Paul Horning Award as the nation's most versatile player as an 18-year-old. He is in company with Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham Jr., Christian McCaffrey, Jabril Peppers. That's the type of athlete and player Rondell Moore is, and I'm telling you right now, he is Steve Smith 2.0, but even more explosive than Steve Smith. You got Rondell Moore at the top of that class. Rashad Bateman, as excited as people were for Tyler Johnson, the best receiver on the University of Minnesota's team the past two years has been Rashad Bateman. Everybody knows about Jamar Chase, the dynamic wide receiver out of LSU. He'll be a part of this class. Jalen Waddle from Alabama, the closest thing to Tyreek Hill that we've seen since Tyreek Hill, from day one Jalen Waddle will be the best return man in the NFL and his explosiveness is unmatched. Then you've got Tamarion Terry from Florida State, Devonta Smith, Tylen Wallace, Amin Ross St. Brown from USC. I'm, I'm telling you, just I, I don't know how far you want me to go, but I mean the 2021 class, we've got Tutu Atwell, 5'9, 165. He's Marquise Hollywood Brown. He's that good. Yards per route run, number one in college football last year, more than CD Lamb, more than Jerry Judy. I mean, this, this class is, it has a potential to be extremely special, extremely deep. And again, it's what's your flavor? Are, do you want the explosive dynamic receiver? Then you've got those players. Do you want the big bodied wide out? You got big Tamari Ontario at six 6'4", 222. Or do you want the route running savant? We've got those in this class as well. It's just, I cannot wait to load up on wide receivers.
0: I love bringing people on who are knowledgeable and passionate about what they do. And man, that last answer got me fired up for my rookie drafts (laughs) next year. And then the bad part is now we have to end on a bit of a a down note, I think, because we're going to wrap it up with tight ends and tight ends. I mean, when you're talking about developing in the pros, it often takes these guys a couple years in the pros to really make an impact. So we don't have to spend too much time on them, but. Are there any really elite tight end prospects that are gonna be coming out? Guys who could be big time difference makers in the pros?
1: Wait a minute, wait, wait, no, don't be, don't be sad about this. Be excited. I'm coming big. off a
0: down after big. the last class I, that just came out. The last class was not very good.
1: I I know, I know, I know, but erase that from your mind. Get that out of your mind because you should be extremely excited about the tight end prospects in the twenty twenty one class. All right. There, are, there there is a there are two players. Well, let me let me start with the number one guy. From the time he hears his name called, as soon as Roger Goodell says Kyle, as soon as he says Kyle, he doesn't even have to get his last name out. Kyle Pitts will be a top ten dynasty tight end from the time that he hears his name called at the NFL draft. He's six foot six, two hundred and forty five pounds. He is Jimmy Graham, but even more athletic than Jimmy Graham. He's a he's a he's a massive wide receiver masquerading as a tight end. He's that. Good. He single-handedly kept Florida in the game versus LSU last year, and they could not do anything with him. They had their top-rated cornerback, Derek Stingley Jr., who will be a top-five pick in the NFL draft. They had to take their corner off of Van Jefferson, off of the Florida wide receivers, to play man defense with safety help over top. On this tight end because he, he he couldn't be stopped. He's a mismatch nightmare. Then you've got Baby Gronk at Penn State. Pat Fryermuth, just look at him destroy a Memphis linebacker in the in the in the bowl game last year. Pat Fryermuth, he's going to be a first round pick. Kyle Pitts is going to be a first round pick. Booking, and this is not hyperbole. We will see two to maybe three tight ends drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. And Fryermuth. Uh, he's a combination of a Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey. That's how good he is. And then you've got Brevin Jordan, the athletic tight end from the University of Miami, and a shocker, a surprising development that happened two two days ago, two or three days ago. Grant Calcaterra, the former Oklahoma Sooners tight end, he was my tight end one in the 2020 class. He would have been my tight end one by far. I think he would have been a day two pick this past NFL draft. He retired and uh, reportedly it was due to some medical things with concussions, but he just recently unretired and said he is back. He is playing this season. So there's another athletic tight end that is, that is thrown into this 2021 fold and that we're not even getting to the Charlie Kohlers of the world, not even getting to the Jeremy Rutgers or the Malcolm Epps, Jake Ferguson, Cade Otten, Matt Bushman, Grant Brandt Cuthy. This tight end class is going to be fun and we are going to get some tight end ones. And I'm talking some elite. I believe that Kyle Pitts and Pat fryer are elite tight end prospects elite they would have been first round picks this year they are going to smash for us in fantasy football here in the near future it is I cannot wait for these tight ends
0: well I'm not saying something because even this year in in redraft leagues for fantasy you could go 20 23 guys deep probably for guys who could end up in the top 12 guys who you could be happy with as your starting tight end on your rosters. so now we're gonna add more talent to that that's what I like to hear. Cause like I said, I was a little disappointed after this class that came out this season. I don't know if there's anybody who's really good. You know, there probably will be a couple guys. And I said that during the draft process, but it's going to take a couple years before we really see any of them make a, a big yeah. splash out there. So,
1: yeah, I, I was avoiding a lot of these, uh, the 2020 tight ends just left a lot to be desired. Not, you know, Adam Troutman, maybe because of the situation in new Orleans. Uh, other than that, I just, I, I knew. And again, I knew that this was coming. I knew that Pitts and Friar Muth and Brevin Jordan would be a part of the 2021 class. So I wasn't even in, ve- I-, I didn't even think about drafting tight end in 2020. Maybe in the fourth round, took a shot on one of those Patriots tight ends. But again, when you know what's coming the next two, three years, you can start to position yourself and say, okay, this year I'm going to load up on running backs because I know wide receiver strong in 2021. I know quarterback is strong in 2021 and 2022. It's just, it's another way to take it, take advantage and gain a leg up on your league mates. And because of that, I'm I'm ready to gobble up all these 2021 tight ends, bring 'em my way, baby. I'm ready.
0: Well, Ray, this was great, man. This is fantastic. Better than I could have even expected. It's all for today's show, though. Awesome having you on, dude. I can't wait to bring you back already. You know, whether it's during the season or in the off season, talk more about these prospects. Appreciate you doing it, dude.
1: Man, thank you for having me on. Really appreciate it. Uh, love what you're doing. So uh, cannot thank you enough for
0: having me on. Anything you're working on that you want to mention before we sign off?
1: Man, I, all I can tell you is I'm working on a really cool player database. Uh, it's, it's the Destination Debbie uh, database, uh, patreon.com forward slash all gas. I'm telling you, this is, this, is no, this is no slight to anything that anybody is out there doing. But the what this database has the the depth of player analysis how you in how you interact with it it's it's compatible mobile and online you've never seen anything like this uh, it, it just if if you are a fan of college football if you're a fan of dynasty then this is a tool that I promise you you will not you will not be disappointed by just a massive database of players rankings videos interesting facts it's it's really cool really intuitive really interactive so uh, i just ask that you check it out patreon.com forward slash all gas and uh interact with me on twitter man i i love talking shop i do not Justin, you've called me an expert about six times. I I, I do not consider myself an expert. I just am a lover of college football. I love fantasy, love dynasty, and I just talk shop. I just like to talk football, and and that's what I'm doing, man.
0: Well, that's what often leads people to being experts, right? Like me loving fantasy so much is what led me down this road and me loving football so much, and all of a sudden you spend so much time on it and away from family and friends sometimes that all of a sudden you end up being an expert (laughs) on it down the road.
1: (laughs) Well, no, you're the expert expert i'm I'm trying to get to where you are you are the expert i'm trying to get there man so i appreciate what you do i I sincerely appreciate it
0: well thank you sir i appreciate that too you can follow me on twitter at justin boone the score fantasy football draft kit getting new stuff added daily i just put out the first part of my annual three-part series on draft strategy so you can go check that out i'm gonna be back next week but until then big thanks again to ray big thanks to everybody out there for listening and we will see you next time Said
1: leave on time. My baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight. Said leave on time.